0: Thank you for watching this online message from Riverstone Church. We hope that this content encourages you and helps you further develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit riverstonechurch.net. There you can learn more about us, view additional messages, submit your prayer needs, and even give online. Thank you for watching, and may the Lord richly bless you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we turn to Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 and look at uh, the word of uh, the Lord. Joshua chapter four, verses one through seven, beginning at verse one says, "'Now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, "'the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, "'Take for yourself 12 men from the people, "'one man from each tribe and command them saying, Take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel, Forever. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the public reading of Scripture and we thank you for the opportunity to share and the preached word. Lord, we pray that it would uh, speak to our hearts. God, that you would uh, speak directly and clearly to us. Lord, I pray that you will give me wisdom to only share what it would be uh, that would upbuild your kingdom, that would be from the power of the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being in the house uh, of the Lord. And uh, again, for all that's going on, you have a bulletin uh, there with you. I encourage you to take a look at that. If you're not on our email list, uh, please um, sign up for that online at riverstonechurch.net. And that will uh, get you connected uh, with us. Over the last several weeks, we have been uh, working through a series out of Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4. And uh, our themes out of that particular passage over the last several weeks has been worship, prayer, proclamation, and uh, legacy, which we spoke about over the last couple of weeks. And I kind of want to capstone that, I believe, uh, from the um, uh, move of the Lord, uh, to uh, share with you out of Joshua chapter 4. This particular passage in Joshua 4 is uh, an a, 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 a important passage for uh, us as a church because it's the passage where we pull our name from. It's the passage where we said in the beginning uh, that this is what God is doing and what God is calling us to be, a part of what God is calling us to be as a people together. So when we speak of Riverstone uh, Church, it comes directly out of this passage of the taking of the stones from the River Jordan uh, to remind successive generations of the power and strength of the Lord. And so I believe that the Lord would have us to... Uh, Think about this today, and to pray about it, uh, and uh, to have some wisdom for what it means to be that people of worship and prayer and proclamation and uh, legacy, as He has called us to be a people uh, together that uh, remind others about the power of God that has happened in gen and time past, and in, in and then also within our own our own life. Joshua is a uh, book really about uh, rest. So if you are someone who's very busy, someone who's got a lot going on, Joshua is a good book for you to go and to think about what it means to be a person of uh, rest because it is God's people entering into the rest uh, that they were uh, promised. This crossing of the Jordan River, many theologians see it actually as God birthing his people into the promised land, the passing through the waters of the river Jordan is as if the children of Israel were passing through the birth canal into uh, the land of promise. That's truly what is uh, pictured here with uh, the the Jordan River, which is uh, in its length about 65 miles long uh, from, from if you were to take a direct line, with its twists and uh, turns, the river runs beyond 150 miles, I'm told. Uh, It ranges from 60 to 100 feet average uh, width, 6 to 10 feet deep. Uh, It would be wider and deeper during the flood stages, which is what was happening here in Joshua chapter 4. It would have been uh, the flood stages of uh, the river, is what we're told in uh, the scriptures. And so these stones that were picked up, in the middle of uh, the river were a place or stones that were to be a reminder in the place of uh, the promised land. So I want to speak to you about uh, three specific thoughts out of many that we could think about, but three specific areas that I'd like to share with you uh, as it relates to this passage. The so first is, no one left behind." Secondly, uh, no one without uh, out a story, and thirdly, no generation uh, without questions. No one left behind, no one without a story, and no generation without question. Uh, verse 1, now when all the nation had finished crossing uh, the Jordan, if we take the first clause of chapter 1, what we see is that the entire nation crossed together. It wasn't people deciding, hey, I'm going to cross now. I'll cross later on. Uh, the time changed. I'm running behind. Uh, it was the entire nation of Israel uh, crossed through together, got to the other side. As there were others passing through, they were waiting uh, for those who were still coming through uh, the Jordan River. Some were on the front side. Uh, some were coming through on uh, the back of the movement of God's people, but there was a sense that everybody was moving uh, together. There was a unity of purpose among the people of God. And see, we have to be careful as a church, and I would speak to those who are in leadership uh, particularly, that we have to be careful that it's not simply about us and our needs because it takes time to get everyone to the place of God's promise. It took time for the nation of Israel to be able to cross through the Jordan. There was uh, a season in the day in which not everyone went from point A to point B in an instant. But there was a period of time that it took for the people to pass through. And those who were in the front line had to wait for those who were coming along to make their way forward. And so it's important for us to think about that it takes time to get everyone to the place of God's promise. And we have to be patient. Those who are in the front had to be patient. But those who are in the back had to be willing to move. They had to be willing to pick up at some point and move forward With the rest of the nation. The ones in front had to come and say, come on, let's let's come together, keep coming through, Let's let's keep moving. But the ones who were in the back had to make a determination that they also were going to be willing to move instead of just standing their ground. There comes a time for all of us when our place in line causes us to move forward into the place of God's promise. God did not give Joshua the next command until all the people had crossed over. Sometimes you may be in the place of waiting for others to cross over. And God's not giving the next piece because there's still people who are coming along. There's still those who are having to cross over and to wait. But those who maybe have a tendency to be on this side of the Jordan, you have to realize that sometimes in your comfort level of being in the place where you've always been, even if it isn't the place of promise, but your comfort with this, sometimes you have to say, I'm willing to step out into the unknown." I'm going to think about something as I haven't thought about it before. God desires us as his people to be in unity in pursuit of his promise for his own glory. In verse 2, the scripture says, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, Take up. For yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. What I think is important for you to see in these few verses of scripture is that Joshua, he was the mouthpiece for what the Lord was doing. He was speaking the commands of the Lord in order for the people to act. Joshua had to empower other people to fulfill the command of the Lord. God did not choose those men. Joshua was the one who chose them. Take for yourself 12 men. But there's also a distinction between the role of Joshua and the priest and then the leaders of the tribes that were to come in and then the people themselves. Everyone sort of had a role to play. Now, the leaders were over on the other side and they had to leave a place. Once everyone had crossed over, they had to leave the place of safety and move back into the Jordan. I don't know how this played out, it'd be great that if in heaven, there's kind of like one of those videos, like what's in a museum where you kind of see how things uh, transpired in times past. I don't know how the river Jordan, uh, the waters piled up or what it looked like that they just keep kind of increasing like a, like a tower in the sky, just kind of holding up as the rest of the water went down. What did it look like? I don't know, but it would have been to me, it would have kind of been maybe a fearful sight to wonder, well, what if this lets go and I'm in the middle? What if this thing falls back? God, I hope you got this. Joshua did not have to bear the same burden as the 12 brothers who had to go in and get the stones. The 12 brothers did not have to bear the same burden as the Levites who had the ark. I'd like to, I'd like to illustrate, illustrate the, the, the point. If I if I could have um, uh, brother Jay, brother Mark, uh, I know this pulls some people out of out of your uh, comfort zone. Uh, brother Mike is uh, is brother Noel here. He may have uh, had the yeah okay. If you could help me over here, so I want you to picture I want you to picture this. If these men <coughs> help me on this side, please. If these men are the are the Levites. Who were bearing the ark of of the covenant? We're just gonna set them apart. These are just prayer shawls. Uh, and we're just gonna set them apart with uh the the prayer shawls, okay? And I don't we're gonna pretend this one is a prayer shawl, okay? <laughs> I only had three. No distinction. We're going to pretend that all of these are the same. Okay. <laughs> so we have our our Levitical brothers on this side. These brothers are bearing the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. So if you, brethren, stand two, one in front here, one here, one here. And one here. And so we don't quite know exactly how all this would have happened. Oops, sorry. On that side. There we go. Yep, there we go. We don't know exactly how this would have happened, how they would have carried it. It may have been four. It may have been more than four. Uh, may have been seven. Uh, so you've got the Levites who are holding and carrying the Ark of the Covenant. In the story that we have, the Bible says that they put their foot uh, in uh, the water, and then God, the waters start to pile up on one side. The rest of the water runs uh, downstream in the Jordan. And so the Levites then come to the center of the Jordan, and they're standing in the center of the Jordan holding What would be the visible presence of the Lord? What the Israelites would have seen as this is the presence of of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant that they would have borne on top the poles. Now, remember, not just anyone could carry the Ark. It could not be like I couldn't say, oh, that's my job. I'm going to grab a hold. We know what happened when that happened, right? God had specific people for a specific role, and only those specific people could bear that burden. Other people couldn't bear that burden for them. And so when they stepped into the Jordan and they moved to the middle, the place where they stood, the waters again began to pile up and the nation of Israel began passing through. So as the people of Israel began passing through the Jordan River, as they passed through, they were passing by those whom God had chosen to bear his presence and they would walk by the presence of God. Into the land of promise. And when they got on this side of the land of promise. The first guy over was waiting in the land of promise. He wasn't kind of keeping on to go find his own place. And find his own thing. He was waiting as everyone else passed through in the land of promise. Mike Temple, I ask you to help me, okay? So Mike is going to take the place of Joshua. Joshua. And so, Joshua, we need you to choose for yourself 12 men. I need you to choose for yourself 12 men who can hold a rock. I mean, who, yeah, who can pick up a rock. So, Joshua is choosing for himself 12 men. So, what these 12 men would have been on the other side. Hold on just a second for me. Yep. The 12 men would have been on the other side. They would have already passed through. In my mind, again, the Scripture doesn't clearly tell us exactly how all this was happening, but in my mind, uh, the waters are still flowing. The Bible says they piled up. So the waters are still flowing. So we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, (laughs) 11, 12. So we're going to pretend that these rocks back here were rocks that were at the feet of where the priests were staying. So each of you, the Bible said, pick a rock up on your shoulder. So they were not, they were to come in the middle, pick up the rock, take it to the other side. Now, what I want you to see is every single rock here is unique and different. Each burden that is to be borne upon the shoulder was different and unique for each person. And God said for each one to take the burden that you're bearing on your shoulder, and you're going to make on the promised land side of the Jordan, a memorial for other people. So what you gentlemen need to do is you need to figure out how to put that together into a memorial pillar. Go ahead. (laughs) Pay attention to what's happening. All right. When the brethren picked up their burden and they began to put them together, they had to think about other people's burdens. They had to think about the size and shape of other people's burdens. They had to think about how they were going to fit this together in a way that it would be stable. They had to contemplate, what is your burden? How does that relate to my burden? How is what God's doing in you relate to what God's doing in me? And now how does what God is doing in you and what God is doing in me relate to what God is doing among us as a people? So if all you, brethren, can all be seated. And Seth, if you would stay and just have a seat here for a minute with me. So the purpose of this, the purpose of this, was that one day, when things had kind of settled down along the way, if I was a participator and my son is the next generation, my son and I one day are walking along the River Jordan. And as we walk by the River Jordan, in the River Jordan, there's not, at that day, there's not going to be many man-made pillars. There's not going to be many man-made pillars. Uh, things that are around that area. So something that is put together in a systematic way that's not, quote-unquote, natural, my son may say, what does that mean? And now the opportunity comes to me to say, I was there, son. I experienced when the waters were piled up on one side, when the priests were standing in the middle, and the power of God on display. You didn't see that. I saw it. Now, he has a choice at this point. He can believe in the testimony of what God has done, or he can say, that's just my dad talking. If he believes in the testimony of what God has done, even though he didn't experience it, Ethan, I want you to join me. Let's pretend this is the next generation, generation one who saw it, generation two who was told it, generation three now walks by along their stroll along the river Jordan. And generation three sees the rocks now and says, what do these mean? And generation two says, my dad told me about that. And he told me about the time when the priests were standing in the middle of the water and the water is piled up. Now Generation 3 has a responsibility. Are they going to believe it? Are they going to reject it? Because here's what didn't happen. The priests didn't stand in the middle of the Jordan in Generation 2. And there was no path for the priests to stand in the Jordan again in Generation 3. They stood in generation one and the responsibility on generation one was to do what God said, build a memorial and tell generation two. And the responsibility of generation two was to see that in generation one, there was a belief in the power of God back there and to tell it to generation three. And generation three has to do the same thing and on and on it goes. Because what happens is the priests you guys can be seated. The priests keep moving. Guys, you keep walking for me here. The Levites would keep moving. And what happens, what, what, what often we want to do is we want to stop at the old memorial and just worship right here. We just want to stop at the old rocks and just do all of our worship right here. Priests, if you, or Levites, if you keep going, where are the Levites going? The presence of God now is hidden to Jericho. See, Jericho is the next thing to be conquered. See this, thank you, brethren. This was never intended to be a place of worship. This was intended to be a place of remembering and telling. We weren't supposed to linger here and stop here. What we were supposed to do was continue following the presence of God wherever the presence of God went. And the presence of God now was going to Jericho. You see, there is... A story for you and I to tell, because God has done something beautiful and unique in your life. His power has been on display in such a way that you have a responsibility to tell. But what we can expect is the generation to tell, to sit and worship at our old experiences, because the, the power of God continues to move on to new things. And we have to see that there are some new things ahead. Jericho was a new place to conquer. Jericho is just a few chapters down the road. And there was a power of God's work that was going to be on display in Jericho that wasn't on display at the river. God didn't pile up a river again. God knocked walls down this time. Instead of building something, he knocked it down. Too often, I find myself, I think about how it happened in my day, when I was young, the way it worked. And I want to encourage us as a congregation to be welcoming to a new generation who is following after the presence of God. But God's presence is going to different things than maybe what we experienced. That doesn't mean that we forget about the rocks. It doesn't mean that we forget about the pillar because the way I have faith to conquer Jericho is by the testimony of what God did at the Jordan. See, the story has to continually be told of what God has done and how God has worked and God's power throughout successive generations, but each generation experiences it often in a very unique way. So there's a responsibility that we have in order to tell the story of what God has done over and over again, to tell the testimony of God's power and God's strength and God's might, to share with others what he has done, to remember what God did on the other side of the Jordan when we passed through the rocks. We have to share what God has done. But we also have to be willing to leave that rock And follow after God to Jericho, the next place that he wants to conquer. We have a story. I need my children to know my testimony. I need my children to know how God worked in my life. But I also have to realize that God may be leading my children on to Jericho. There may be something different and something unique. And what it means is that we hold fast to the authority of Scripture, that we stay in the authority of Scripture. We evaluate our experiences by the authority of Scripture, but that we are also willing to allow people who come after us to experience God in a way that maybe we have not. I try to imagine what it would have been like if I had set One of the rocks and I bring my son along and I'll say, you know, this is the rock that daddy picked up out of the middle of the Jordan. I remember being by the feet of the priest and picking it up. And I remember wondering about what was going to happen with the water that was piled up. This is the rock that daddy brought from the middle. I remember seeing it in the middle and I picked it up and I bore it and I put it here with the 12 other brethren. But son, God's going to do something great with you. And you may not be picking up rocks from the middle of the Jordan. In fact, you may be going on to the next city that God wants to conquer. We can't expect that everyone is going to have the exact same experiences that we've always had. But we also, younger generation, you cannot tire of the stories of an older generation that has walked in the grace of God and seen him at work, and is telling the story which only comes through a lifetime of experience. I don't wanna steal thunder, but we had a couple of babies born here recently, one yesterday. And we cannot expect for that baby to have some kind of experience with the Lord in a way in which is can be communicated to us because that baby's not even a year old yet, a day old yet. There has to be a season of experiences to see God at work, to see his power, to see his strength. But then there is a responsibility That as I gain experience to tell the story, and now there is a responsibility. And young people, here is where I hope you're listening and looking at me very closely. Young people listening and looking at me very closely. You will be held accountable for believing the testimony of the generation that's ahead of you. God would not have heard of Israelite children saying, "Dad, mom, that didn't happen. I don't believe in that stuff." You will be held accountable. I will be held accountable for what I believe about the power and grace of God. You see, these rocks in verses 6 and 7 are to bring about some questions. Let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later saying, what do these stones mean? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever." there are times for us to rehearse the testimony of the past. We should tell the testimony of the past. We should visit the memorials of the past from time to time and remind ourselves of what God has done. We ought to think about the power of God. We ought to reflect on the power of God. We ought to rejoice in the power of God in previous generations. But these monuments were never meant as a place for us to just sit and tarry and worship forever and ever. These monuments sat there for when someone passed by But the ark of God was continuing to move forward. No generation without questions. What do these mean to you? What do these rocks mean to me? These rocks are natural stones and they remind me of a supernatural event. And that's what I would encourage you as we come to a close this morning. Our God works in mighty and powerful ways. I believe that we have to be a people that affirms and believes what the scriptures testify to us about. There's not parts of it that we can cut out and set on the table. There's not parts of it that we can say that this only existed way back then and it doesn't exist now. If we believe in the power of God and the supernatural works of God, what I want to affirm to you today is that God will do it again. Maybe it's not the exact same way. Maybe it's not the exact same style. Maybe it's a little different this next time. Maybe it's walking around a building seven times and blowing some trumpets and shouting and something else. That's totally different from the way God did it here. All it took here was a priest to set his foot in the middle of the water. But over here, it's going to take a whole company shouting unto the Lord. But if we're sensitive to the power of God in this book, and we're eager to listen to the testimony of those who have gone before us and believe the testimony of what God has done, I believe that God will take us into places which we have not yet imagined. I like to think, what would it be like to live in a city that was known as a central place for God's work in the world? Do we believe that's even possible? But Charlottesville's not known for UVA. Charlottesville's not known for racial tension. Charlottesville's not known for other things that it's been in the news for, but Charlottesville becomes known as a central place of gospel witness in the world. We're studying on Wednesday night, the book of Jonah. One reluctant, half-witted prophet going through a city, proclaiming the word of the Lord initiates a, initiates a revival. If that's the case, what can God do with us? Let's stand and pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments in your word. Lord, what I can't do is Take the word and apply it to the heart. Lord, I pray that you will help us in these few moments to realize that there is a destiny in you and that destiny may look different than what it's been in the past. Lord, that you have a path ahead for us as a people together, a path in unity. God, that we can tell of the testimony of what you have done. We can recall your mighty power and your mighty deeds. We can see your goodness on display, O oh Lord. But God, those of us who have some experience of seeing you at work, one of our responsibilities is not simply to tell the story but also to cheer on the generation that's coming after us. God's got some mighty things ahead for you. God's got some things that are, that are even bigger than what was back there for you. God's stirring in you differently than what he stirred in me, but this I know God is stirring. I know he's gonna shake things. I know he's gonna do some things mighty in you. And I'm praying for you. I'm asking God. I'm asking God to give you this city. I'm asking God to send you out. I'm asking God to help you to make a difference in this world. God's going to do it differently through you. But you got to know that I've seen his power in the past. And that same power is going to work in you. Run, young man. Run, young lady. God, help us to be a place that remembers at the old landmark, that tells the story of the old landmark, that rejoices at what happened at the old landmark, that's thankful when we walk by. Thank you, God. When I walk by, or when I drive by that church on Maiden Forest Road when I look at it Lord Jesus and I remember kneeling at an altar so long ago I remember giving my heart to you committing myself to you at that moment Lord with my mother by my side I remember it Lord Jesus but I can't go back there I can't stay there God's moved things forward There's a Jericho ahead. There's another place to go. I'll remember. I'll thank you. I'll rejoice in your goodness at that moment, Lord Jesus. But that's not where you're calling me to live. There's someplace ahead. So God, I thank you today. And I pray, Lord, by your mighty hand that you would move upon your people. We want to move together in unity. I don't believe it's by accident this morning as we continue in this spirit of prayer that you're here. God brought you here for this moment. If you're here and you don't know him, today is a day of salvation. You need to recommit yourself to him. The Lord is beckoning you to come. The Lord doesn't want to leave anyone on the other side. I would be so bold as to say, maybe you're, you're tarrying on the other side of the land of promise, maybe holding up what God wants to do in the promised land, because you got people on the other side saying, come on, cross the river, come on, cross the river into the land of promise. You got family who's saying, come, come over to the land of promise. We don't want to see you on that side. The priests are going to move, move with us.